0: Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here, Here we go. go.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bump. I'm super excited for this episode. Hi, Are Sophie. You, you excited? I'm so excited. Now, tell me two highs and
0: two lows from your week. Okay. Two highs. My middle child, Billy, started school this week, which was absolutely fabulous. How'd she go? She loved it. She just, I don't get much out of her. Like, she just comes home with this big crown helmet saying I had a good day at Gindi. And she didn't go to bed till eight. I thought, like, Mia last, last year, she, like... Fell asleep Crash. in the hallway, yeah. yeah. But Billy and no, she just keeps on charging, play-doh yeah. in her hair and all. And how did you feel? Um, I was fine, to be honest. I've had such an intense week that I haven't even had a chance to see how my feelings are for Billy, but I feel like I know she's ready and I know that she's comfortable and happy and content within herself. And she's but, quite extroverted. She is. And, so she yeah. she's really transitioned quite well so yeah. far, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Um another I would be attending my one of my best friends' wedding on the weekend. Yeah. See, seeing her you know, all loved up and and yeah. married. We actually um, did a podcast with Lydia, and it was on a, being a single mama. And now she's married, so it's just really nice to see her happy. So well content. deserved. She's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Lowe's, unfortunately, our beautiful dog Leo died um, two days ago. He had cancer and um, we, unfortunately, he started peeing everywhere and it just got to the end and we we could no longer um, help him. So we put him down at home in his bed with all of us around and it was a really nice um, send-off but as I was saying, I think to my husband yesterday, grieving's grieving. So yeah. no matter what it is, it still hurts. And I just, I have like a very numbing pain in my chest yeah, that I think nice. I'll have for a while. And he
1: was a special part of the podcast because he features in some <laughs> yeah. of the first episodes because he would always come oh, into no, where we I'm were recording. Cry. And he, I'm trying to make it funny. He would let out a fart and we would both be appalled. But we still loved him.
0: I love that we have that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, another low is, well, it's a low and a high. Uh, my breastfeeding journey has come to an end with Yumi. She has started to self-wean and decided she doesn't want the boob anymore because she is so busy. I tried to put her back on in the day and she just really doesn't want a bar it. keeps turning her head away and swatting at my boob. So, Uh, Look, I um, stopped breastfeeding at 11 months with my other two and she's nearly 11 months, so I guess it's just that time where maybe my body and and children just say this is the end. Yeah. But I'm happy that she's content and thriving and since I've started to stop, she's slept through the night. Woo! (laughs) Solidly, yeah. So she's getting good sleep and, yeah, she's happy, so... Yeah, that's um me for go. this week.
1: Amazing. What about you? Two highs. The first high is just a general high is has just been another a week. Joint.
0: No, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> has just been another week of, you know, being able to watch Poppy and Goldie interact and mm-hmm. in their bond to grow even more, which has been really, really amazing. Another high was on the weekend uh, That the four of us all went down to Melbourne. Um, Nick and I attended a wedding on the Saturday night. And it was just so, so fun to go out together. You know, I was able to have a couple of drinks in moderation put Goldie in the baby carrier and we hit up the dance floor together, which was so, so much That's fun. Awesome. Nick may have had a bit more than moderation. But, I'm sure um, he did. But no, he, he had some really good moves, so that was really nice. <laughs> Two lows were the other night we actually had to take Goldie to the emergency department because she developed neonatal mastitis, which I didn't even know was a thing, but I was just getting her dressed in the afternoon and one of her boobs was really swollen and red and yeah so we took her in and luckily she didn't need to stay in hospital and get antibiotics through the drip but she is on oral antibiotics which is a shame but it's already so much better two days later so that was a bit scary And then another low is I've definitely found this week being Goldie's third week of life, Poppy is getting a little bit more jealous. Um, She's really, really good, I would say 95% of the time, but she has been, you know, asking for cuddles more and, you know, she wants cuddles where both my arms are hers. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, I've been trying to talk with her and be like, you know, I've got one arm for you, but I have to feed Goldie. And, And, yeah, so, you know, both of us kind of, adapting to that and that can, that can be heartbreaking because mm. I used to just be able to hug her at the drop of a hat and it's not so easy now. Yeah, you've
0: got to share your love around. Yeah. Oh.
1: And very excited for this week's episode. We so chat excited. to Leabel King who is a mother in the Byron area. Her and her wife are the mothers of their gorgeous daughter Opie who's two and a half and we have a chat to her about how they conceived her their experience as a same-sex couple as parents any judgment they've faced and ways that we can be more mindful and accepting and educate our children on how to respond to families
0: that are different so just stop talking and let them listen done Hi, Lee Bell. Thanks so much for being here and agreeing to talk to us about your parenting dynamic. Um, We know it's not necessarily a traditional situation, but we just wanted you to tell us and everyone else about your family.
2: Thanks, Guy. It's lovely to be here. Um, okay, so I'll just give everyone an overview of my family. So, um, my wife and I are a same-sex couple. My wife's name's Lottie Barnes and we have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter called Ophelia. Oh,
1: what a beautiful name. Thanks. And you call her Opie. We call P- her Opie. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's lovely. That's beautiful. beautiful. And um, we did want to be upfront at the start and say that Jade and myself, neither of us have friends that are same-sex parents. And so we know that, especially nowadays, there is a lot of terminology around um, different couples and their sexuality, and sometimes it can get confusing. So we did want to say if there's ever anything that we say that you think could be seen as uh, offensive to other people, or isn't how you would describe yourself or your family in the situation you're in, just let us know because we feel like it's a great learning experience, not only for ourselves, but for our listeners. As um, we think these dynamics are only going to get more and more common, which is fabulous, but we're all going to have to, you know, learn how to approach them in yeah. a sensitive and appropriate way. Thank
2: you. I think it's different for everybody who's in a same-sex relationship yeah. um but I'll definitely let you know yes. if there's something that doesn't tell us me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when did you first realize that you were same-sex attracted
2: um I was 25 I was at the time in a relationship with a guy for I had been in a relationship for seven years and I thought this was the person that I was going to spend my life with it was a really really beautiful harmonious empowering relationship and one day I went to a shoot for work. I worked for InStyle magazine at the time and I met a person on this shoot and that interaction on that day completely catapulted everything that I thought I wanted for my life and the dynamic that I wanted in a relationship. Um, at the time I think I was super in denial but about the fact that of identifying as being someone who was attracted to another female but um there was also I was it would the connection was so strong that I wasn't able to ignore it yeah and can I ask what what differs
0: with being like Sophie I'll give you it as you my example I love her um personality we get on like house on fire I'm I think she's attractive. I'm just not sexually attracted to her. No offence, Soph. Okay. But I just, how do you know when you we um, know?
2: I guess it's different if we're talking about this very first time, the difference between what it was like, like my interaction with this female as opposed to other females. Yes. I think the intensity of the physical pull between mm-hmm. us was definitely unlike something it was more than platonic Mm. and it was you know how you walk away from an interaction and your whole body is just on fire and you're like how can I ever go back to my normal life again Mm. and that's what it was like and we were shooting on Cockatoo Island and we had to get the ferry back home and um I just remember crying on the ferry and just knowing in that moment that I couldn't, that my life was going to change and that was devastating because I was really happy and, but I was, yeah. And you knew it was probably about to become
1: complex. Yeah, and also
2: I hadn't, at the time, like I didn't have any um, gay friends, I didn't know anyone who was in a same-sex relationship. Yeah. I wasn't in that community or in that world at all and so I was like looking on myself as to how am I going to find my place in this community that I don't have.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So did you start to have girlfriends
2: after that? So I was with that person for over a year and then that relationship ended and I went pretty quickly into another one (laughs) with a female. And I think at the end of that first relationship, everybody, including myself, was kind of going to see what, way was it just that person Mm, or was this the trajectory of my life but I think I definitely decided in myself that this feels home for me this Mm -hmm. feels better for me I get more from this type of interaction than I do from you know a same-sex I mean like a hetero relationship because I
1: have heard some people say I don't actually identify as being a lesbian but they just fell in love with that woman and then when they're out of that relationship they then don't actually have interest in other women and they go yeah, back to yeah I don't
2: know I've I don't know the label has always been really hard for me I right. still battle sometimes with identifying as a lesbian even though yeah. it's been 10 years and I'm married and have a child I think I prefer to identify myself as queer yeah Only because I think I've been with both and I just, I don't know, maybe growing up on the Central Coast and growing up in a pretty conservative and, you know, judgmental community, I have implanted in my head a subconscious of that that label even mm. though I am that. And so I don't know, I just feel more comfortable identifying as queer. So
1: is queer generally seen as more of a broader term? It doesn't because I've always thought yeah. it's queer being gay or lesbian, but is that not yeah, correct? Yeah, it's, just, it can it's be just gay, lesbian,
0: bisexual, yeah,
2: any, yeah. any any just thing. anyone who is like not cisgender yes. which is like straight. I like Learned that. Already. And and I
0: really like that term because until today, I actually didn't know queer was an like a a, a nice term to use. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have dared call you queer. Yeah,
2: well, I think because you know, <laughs> of like I like how I have this um so, or like am moving out of it, but um did have this understanding of what a typical lesbian label meant that kind of mental idea queer also has its own kind of yeah. visual representation of something is very like flamboyant yeah. and very perhaps more male orientated yeah. well that's what i yeah but it's not
1: yeah and maybe but i think, queer queer think queer eye for changing straight guy probably yeah has something to say
0: to yeah that. and
2: i think the terms are also really changing as all understanding of gender is evolving
0: yeah. and would you find that a lot of other queers like that terminology or a lot of other people do still like to be called lesbian?
2: Um, I don't think I can speak on behalf of a broader community. Have you, got, have
0: you got friends that are queer and they would like that? Or is it super it individual? Really, it's
2: really, really individual. Okay, okay,
0: Yeah. And so is it the safest just to
1: say same-sex attracted or just not? To, yeah, no, that's or fine. Or just maybe don't talk about this. sexuality? No, you can actually, that's
0: fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine, it, yeah. Okay. Are you and Lottie legally married in Australia?
2: No. We had our wedding, which was hosted by a legal celebrant, but at the time legal marriage wasn't legal. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had our wedding in, oh, my God, like 2016, I think it was. Oh, no, 2015, maybe. Can't even remember.
1: (laughs) Can I say that's the first time I came across yourself and Lottie on Instagram. It looked like... The best wedding it was I have the best ever
2: wedding. seen. It was a white thing. Yeah, we oh. made everybody wear white. Oh, my goodness. Um, but was... we were living in Bali at the time and we planned that wedding so last minute that we didn't even have a location for the ceremony until like a week before because we had to fly to Sydney to find the right location yeah. before the wedding. Like well, it, was it looked that. like
1: you pulled it It off.
2: was actually so beautiful. It was actually amazing. I photos. Well, it was in Harper's Bazaar okay <laughs> we, we will get that up no I'll show you the photos it was so beautiful and at the time none of our friends had gotten married and so it was really and I'd never even um attended a wedding before so I had no idea about what a wedding is supposed to be like and so we really just made it up as to what we felt right for us yeah
1: and so would you do you need to do anything more legal now yeah so we we need to we're just going to
2: go we haven't really decided but we're going to I think we might just do like a registry situation
1: Yeah. yeah and currently it not being legal, does that have any implications on your parenting? Yes,, oh, yeah. so
2: uh, even though same-sex marriage is legal, the laws haven't the family law hasn't changed around adoption. So in order for a partner of a biological mother to have any legal rights over their, that child, they have to go through the legal courts and adopt that child in the same way that any other second parent would have to go through the adoption process. Mm-hmm. So if anything happened to me, Lottie would have no legal rights. <gasps> even if, if, even if she was named on the birth certificate, no legal rights.
1: And what if you were legally married? Would you make any difference? No difference.
2: Wow. Oh my goodness!
1: What? So she goes into like care?
2: Well, no. My we have we have assigned a legal guardian. Yeah. Of her, and she would receive yeah. guardianship of Ophelia yeah. should anything happen, but Lottie would have to. Oh, sorry, Lottie would have to um, go to court to get custody of her.
1: That seems so ridiculous and backwards. That
2: is so backwards. It's
1: weird that they can make the change to legalise marriage but haven't thought to make changes around the the other things that would change because they've legalised marriage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I
2: think it's also a case, it's a state-by-state cases as well, like... I don't think marriage was legalised in every single state all at oh, the same time. Right. That, that might be That's wrong, great. but I'm pretty sure. That won't it, won't oh, no, too. actually, maybe it was the adoption laws changed in every single state. Yeah. And they're different for every state. Yeah.
0: So. Were you maternal and wanting children before you met Lottie?
2: No. Really? Yeah. I didn't think I was going to have children. So in your hetero yeah. relationship, you... Yeah. I had a pug dog and I was fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> Jade is holding up her foot, which is tattooed with a punk job. I'll just
0: let myself out. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I had cats growing up, sorry.
0: So did you worry that being in a lesbian relationship, you may not get the chance to have children?
2: No, very early on in our relationship, I think we've been together for, actually, it's really similar to Lily, who's interviewed previously Mm. um we were together for less than six months and I found out I had endometriosis okay I'd been hospitalized like four or five times and they found this huge 10 centimeter cyst growing inside my right ovary Wow. and so I got that removed and at the time the obstetrician was like you know your chances of falling pregnant are really really slim and that was when we kind of thought and started talking about so are we going to be together forever? Are we going to have children? Yeah. Like what should we start doing? And we just kind of put it aside. Yeah. And less than four months later, we were pregnant with Opie. Yeah. So
1: are you able to tell us about the conception of Opie?
2: Yeah, sure. So we were living in Bali at the time. Lottie and I had left our, we both owned businesses in Sydney and we just wanted to have a year of not working. And so we were living in Bali and we had plans to go to India and Sri Lanka and we needed someone to look after the puppies that we just adopted. And so we put the word out on, like, the Changu housing page <laughs> and um, nothing really happened. And then we thought, well, I think we are leaving in a week and we just went and got breakfast at this cafe one day and we had these two puppies that we'd rescued and this girl said oh come sit next to me I've got some spare room at my table by the way can I hold one of your puppies and so we got talking with her and explained that we're looking for a puppy sitter does she know anyone and she'd met someone the night before on tinder who was needing um who, who was basically in indonesia for rehabilitation and absolutely loved dogs and so she'd message him and see if he would be happy to look after our villa and look after our dogs and everything all of our worldly possessions so we didn't even know whilst we went overseas and he ended up being our donor and the way that process worked was I think we were friends with Tyler for a really short period of time maybe less than six months yeah and he would just come over, do his thing into a little cup and then we would get like a turkey-based situation and we just do it at home. And we did that five days in a row, twice on the day of ovulation for three cycles. Yeah. And we fell pregnant on the second cycle and I had an early miscarriage and then we conceived with Ophelia on the third cycle. Oh, that is just incredible.
0: I never knew you could do that. Well, I just think nowadays people
1: people (laughs) don't tend to do it at home you would do it more like it was medically a v- I yeah guess, well i think you. um I think so we spoke to my
2: obstetrician about what would the process be like if we were to do it in australia with a known donor because we wanted to have a known donor because we wanted our daughter to know her paternal lineage and also for her to be able to have a father who was recognised? Should she ever want to of course, have that connection out. in the future? That was yeah. really important to us. And the process in Australia was just so complicated. Like you have to have the sperm frozen for yeah. a couple of months, and the donor has to go through you know a couple of months of counselling, and before you can even start the insemination process. And the insemination process is really clinical, and that doesn't just really wasn't the vibe that we were going for. I think we started the process just with tracking my ovulation for about two months, and I changed my diet. I was going to see to get acupuncture. Um, I think three times a week, um, and I just had an operation to remove all of my endos. So I was in like prime. I was in okay. my prime. Yeah, the scrape. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yep, and happened how, pretty easily.
1: How did you make the decision about who was going to be pregnant?
2: because of my endo that was the whole motivation for us even considering trying so soon into our relationship we'd only be married for a month yeah
0: (laughs) you know what i just realized though (laughs) the beauty of same-sex parents is that if you had endo and it didn't work you had a backup your backup yeah and you can't accidentally fall pregnant
1: either
2: That's another view. (laughs) No, you can't. There's no surprise. That That,
1: that is brilliant. Is that
0: loaded? (laughs) (laughs) Unless she comes she comes in hot with the turkey based (laughs) (laughs) stuff. And you're gonna get it. Where did that syringe come from? Yeah. No,
1: that's two great pros. Yeah. Yeah. It's backup and it can't be accidental. (laughs) That's great. So Opie has met her biological father yeah
2: so they met we went back and she met him for the first time when she was five months Mm -hmm. and she they've met about four or five other times since then each time for about a week mm-hmm. um so they'd see each other consistently for about a week it's whenever we go back to indonesia mm. we make sure that. and how have that what time. have you
1: explained to opie about who he is
2: she just knows him as daddy tai tai so yeah. she knows that that's her that that's her father and that's her daddy and yeah because she's only two, the concept of what parents are hasn't really gotten to that stage mm. of really needing to understand yeah. that connection but at the moment She's just started under school. Well, actually, it really broke my heart the other day in the car. She was asking about her best friend's father and she really wanted him to come out with us because she said because Opie doesn't have a daddy. Mm. But she does have a daddy, it's just that he doesn't live with us yes. and so she considers a daddy to be a man that lives, lives at a home. House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, even though she knows that she does have a daddy, it's just a different. How does he
0: feel about when he sees her or what for the first time seeing his own?
2: It was actually beautiful. Um, we didn't know what to expect when they met for the first time because there's always that question, will, they, will there be some kind of bigger cosmic pull that they will yes. understand that they are related and that each, they are each other? And they really did. Oh, that's um, beautiful. It was really a really, really beautiful interaction to witness their meeting for the first time they definitely have have a bond even though they they don't get to see each other that often isn't that
0: just an incredible journey and so special for opie to have two mamas and a dad and just that's amazing yeah
1: what does opie call each of you and lottie are you i'm mummy and
2: lottie is mama yeah and then tyler is daddy ty ty
0: do you want any more children
2: we are going to be, um, Lottie's turn is next. And we're oh, going to yeah, start, I was going to ask that question. Yeah, so are it's her gonna... turn next and we're going to, we're doing our big Euro trip in September. And so then um, early next year we will. We're hoping that by the time Lottie feels pregnant, she'll be in daycare three days. Yeah. Um, because we obviously run the business together mm. as well. So to juggle you know two children and I running a this. business is really difficult yeah especially when both of you have to work in it yeah yes, yeah that's right and
1: are you planning on using daddy tie mm. ty's yeah. sperm again so yes. the first
2: time that tyler met um opie he asked us straight away are you guys going to be having another one like i really would love to go ahead um and with you guys the having opie has completely changed his life I think that's been one of the most special things that we didn't anticipate through having Opie is how her birth has affected not just Tyler but also his extended family because mm. they're he's American and his family's all American and Tyler and his sister, neither of them want to have their own children and so she's Aww. their only grandchild. Aww. And so for his entire family, grandmother, mother, father, everyone, she is so special. Oh, my um, gosh, she's
1: so loved. That yeah, is so beautiful. He, uh, actually,
2: his mother got a tattoo of her. On oh. her, on her, oh. like a name. So she's really, really loved, and it's really beautiful. And it's just made for Tyler, given him so much more clarity and direction in what he wants to do with his life to make her proud. This story makes my heart full yeah. listening to it. Well, imagine like how fulfilled you are through having your own children. Like, imagine having that, but from a distance, and being because Tyler is a surf instructor in Indonesia and he's very alone a lot of the time. And so to know that he has this other being that is growing and flourishing in life is yeah. such a motivating force of fulfilness for him as a human yeah. being. and actually. to have that feeling
1: of being able to have helped another family yeah. come to that,
0: that mm. result is so yeah. amazing. Something that I think a lot of people think about is the traditional mum and dad role. Mm-hmm. So when a same-sex marriage or family, you know, relationship is does one take on a mothering role and
2: one not? <laughs> I can. It depends on the dynamic of the partnership, as the same in hetero relationships yeah. as to what you choose, how you choose you're going to play out those roles in the home. Lottie and I, from the time that we decided we were going to start trying to start a family, were very conscious and very open in laying the groundwork for this is what we want our family dynamic to be. How do we, like we found out that Opie was going to be a girl, how do we empower this woman from the moment she is born? What can we do? What kind of roles can we play in the home? So let's not establish gender roles in the home. Mm-hmm. One person is not more responsible for being the caregiver and the money maker and the mm. cleaner and the cook. We share all of that equally and have from day one. Sometimes it was so hard both playing those roles equally yeah. because you don't get that rest. Yeah, Both of you have to be on and contributing equally across the board every day yeah. and sometimes it is really hard. It means that when she role plays with her dolls or with her fairies or with her trucks or whatever, she's not playing out the mummy does this and the yes. daddy does that and so she's not growing up with this ingrained belief that that's what women do.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. But- And I also think in a traditional um, relationship, it's the way of our future as well, that, you know, mum's go to work and dad's stay home. And we're trying to break that stereotypical dynamic of mum only washes the clothes and dad comes home because he's had a long day at work and meals on the table. It's like now all changing and blending together. So I really feel like there's a huge change for our children, our children's children.
2: Yeah, it's it's a beautiful evolution that I think is coming about as more women become. I think in our area of the world especially, yeah. there's so many female entrepreneurs and mothers that are running their own business and doing their own thing like we all and are. And
1: equally in this area, I think there's a lot of dads who are a lot more hands-on. Supportive, and yeah. There's a nice balance, isn't yeah. there?
2: Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. I think um, OP's questions lately have been why to everything but of (laughs) Of course specifically why (laughs) do you go two and a half (laughs) why do you go to work but why do you go to work and so we we kind of had a discussion what what do we say it's not about money because for me it's not about money it's it brings me so much fulfillment and Mm. joy to go and run that business it is as equally I need that as equally as I need to be her mother and I am definitely a better mother because I work yeah Mm. And yeah. I,
0: I agree with that too because even since I feel like I needed an outlet for myself to be, be a better mother, I yeah. needed a bit of me time and as much as we are working this today, like I'll go home and feel fabulous because this yeah. is... For me- you. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I love it and I'm passionate about it and, you know, I feel like this is what I need to be doing and it yeah, yeah it's important.
2: Yeah, so when you came out and spoke about your postnatal depression, even though I didn't have postnatal depression I lost so much self-worth like positivity around how I felt around myself not being able to work especially for the first like nine months of mm-hmm. of being a mother and it wasn't until Opie was like older than one that I really surrendered into being a mother because I was just so lost in trying to be my old self without having any of the old infrastructure that defined who i was um and it was really really hard
0: it's a it's a very unexpected process when you become a mother because it is such a huge role that you take on and you do you try to blend your old self with your new self and yeah it takes a damn long time to get that
2: balance right for you it's like you have to create yourself again with no time to be able to explore who you are no
1: and everyone talks about this new person you're going to meet being the baby and you almost you get ready for that but you maybe don't get ready that you're meeting you're a new to you. Yeah. That can be extremely surprising because there is so much change while you're, you're then changing so much yourself. I think it's really exciting in your family though that both of you can go through that. Like my husband's very hands-on and around a lot and so he He to a degree understands the changes you go through Mm. as a mother, but I think that is so incredible that you and your partner can both first hand. I think that I I would love to know when
0: she's gone through this. Lottie,
2: I was at home for the first year and a half. I would work one or two days on a just whenever it suited, not a structured. These are the days that I work kind of deal. Then it got to the point in the business where the business reached. A level where I needed to come back into because my strengths and skills were really needed mm-hmm. and so Lottie took over the caregiving at oh home. okay so we what sw- we switched roles in that way and so she became what I was and so OP has gotten to experience both and Lottie has experienced what it's like to be yeah. in that at-home role for the majority of the time and her self-esteem took a beating right just because for her entire life up into that time had still maintained that sense of achievement through going to Um, work even though she wasn't like she for the first year she worked from home she was at home working from home every day as well as you know She'd write an email and then she'd go and clean or she'd look yeah. after Opie and then and we would switch it up. So she was there was no absence of her through work. Yeah. And then when there was an absence of me and she became that sole caregiver, she got to experience yeah that feeling of emptiness that you get from not having that fulfillment through a task orientated goal. Yeah. Mm. So it's been really interesting.
0: Did Lottie was she a I was gonna say a lesbian?
2: Yeah, queer. Was she queer? No, Lottie identifies as a lesbian. Okay. okay. So was was Lottie? Everybody's different. Yeah, yeah.
0: was Lottie a lesbian her Forever. whole life? Yeah.
1: Okay. Forever. Forever. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. so thousands of years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> for okay. all of her past lives. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yes. 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 Did you have morning sickness? I had the worst morning sickness. That's why Lottie actually had to come and take over the running of Warren because Yay. my morning sickness was so bad for five months that I couldn't even reply to emails and we had oh, some very disgruntled customers. I understand. Can't even look at a screen. It was horrible. No, how many babies do you want? Two. Two. But we've had two psychics tell us that Lottie's going to have twins. Oh, my goodness.
1: <gasps> Just throw that into the video. And yeah. so we're
2: – we don't – want twins but if we have twins we just want to make sure that our life is able to support that because we don't have any family up here we have no support
1: what I was going to say is though do you fear that when Lottie has a child or children (laughs) however many she decides to grow that there would be any feelings of favoritism towards Opie because she's biologically yours or do you feel I do wonder that yeah
2: really the only other family that I can see that have or that I know of Mm -hmm. that have done in the same way that we're doing is Ali and Cass Bird and I don't even know them personally it's just an Instagram knowing of I don't know I see Lottie's connection with Opie and it is so strong that I don't
0: think that there
2: would be it's like, and I know I always compare. I think the bond between the mother and child is definitely different. Of course. Different. But
0: I feel like when you get a dog, I know. <laughs> it I, it I always I know. comes back to a dogs. David's different. I know. My dog just died, so I, every, dogs <laughs> are on my That's mind. I know. I know. So he's, he's in a better place. But when you get a puppy, right? You didn't give birth to the puppy, mm. but you both start out as the parents to the puppy. Yeah. So I feel like when you both are there from day dot, surely that connection will just be as it is forever. You know, like with the child, it doesn't matter who actually, like same with adoption, I assume.
2: I think but, it's a little bit different yeah. because especially for the first, like for this stage of the baby's life, it's so dependent and reliant on one yeah. parent that that bond with the second parent can't really start to get in deep until the baby is at a certain age. Yeah.
0: So are you saying this, like even uh, hetero relationships are the same?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I think it, as in the newborn like dad, stage the, in a hetero relationship, the, the bond between a newborn—I'm not saying the dad loves the newborn any different—but obviously, the there's, a very, th- until there's a very there's a massive reliance yeah. on the mother. Yeah, I agree. and so I guess that's going to happen with the biological or, or the mother that was pregnant yeah. with the yeah. child in a same-sex relationship too. Yeah,
2: it's going. Um, we're planning on both breastfeeding the second. Yes. So it'll be really interesting to How's if my mode? if I can. Well, because I've had a baby and my milk might come back. I breastfed Opie and I've only stopped breastfeeding like 4 months ago. Yeah, so, you- so we're both going to breastfeed if my milk comes back, but I'm gonna bring it back. Oh yeah. I'm that sugar.
0: We'll, get, we'll get you some lactation cookies. Yeah. We'll pile them up. Oh sorry, my
1: husband ate all of the ones that I have. So he will probably be able to come and breastfeed the child too. Uh,
0: He'd probably want to. He's yeah. into all that, isn't he? Oh, he?
1: He thinks he should be a doula. He thinks he should be a lactation consultant. He's one of the, yeah, he's just one of those people that will be like, Oh, why don't you try this maneuver when getting them on the breast? And it like works, and you're like yeah get out of yeah. here yeah well you you spoke about op being a girl and mm. trying not to have gender roles in the house was there any sense of relief when you found out op was a girl
2: we wanted what well, i wanted to find out it was what the gender was because i knew that i was only going to have one child and in my family it's always been firstborn girls and I really wanted my only child to be a girl yeah. and so it was more like yes, <laughs> preparation for if it was a boy, I needed a good amount of time yeah. to be able to come to terms with that. And that's why we found out the
1: gender. But, the <laughs> yeah. bo- but that had nothing to do with there not being a male parent figure no. in the home. Mm-mm. And I and, just wanted a girl. And if Lottie has a boy, you will raise him exactly how you've raised her. No, she'll, okay. she'll leave.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, we actually leaving. thought we were going to have Lottie was going to have a boy, but now we kind of want two girls. Yeah, yeah. I think I can um, highly recommend. Yeah.
0: yeah, we
1: have anyone that steps into this room actually only has all girls yeah. basically. Yeah. So we're probably we probably doing, need to bring some boy mamas on. Yeah, and talk about them. We're doing something to Lottie's ovaries in a far. Yeah. <laughs> so have you felt that you've faced any judgment as a parent?
2: No, I think what's I felt very our relationship and our roles as mothers and our family has actually been really embraced by a very wide audience Um and I think maybe that's because of maybe largely to do with a lot of the media that we have, like the press that we get from our family. Yeah, Like we had our first shoot with Elle magazine when Opie was three weeks and then we had real living at four weeks and so we've had... A lot of um, support and acknowledgement of our family for a long time. Yeah, I do worry when she gets older as to what it's going to be like when she the other children who she is around because up here. You know, as you know, we're the only gays in the village mm. and so it's not common place for everybody, for all the children to understand that dynamic. Mm. And Opie's just started going to daycare and so we had a meeting with the carer to kind of say these are our pronouns and please can you not refer to a family dynamic as a mummy and a daddy like it's mm-hmm. parents just so the other children as well can become educated yeah. on the range because it's not even hetero and homosexual couples it's also like some parents are single mothers and some people live with their adoptive grandparents and and, and adoptive parents you know so just to kind of I don't know it'll be interesting
0: I think it is interesting we had a we went camping a few weeks ago and there was a family in the corner and there was a little girl and a seven-year-old and she was so talkative she came up to us And we noticed that she said mum to the two women in the tent. And Mia came up to me and she said, mum, I think that girl has two mums. And I said, she might, babe. And she's like, where's the dad? I said, she doesn't need a dad. She might just have two mums. I think she's at that age where she's understanding how that works. So but obviously you can't go so in-depth, all the nitty-gritties. It was nice to see that there was a different, a different family dynamic out there and Mia was aware of it and she came to me and spoke about it and then uh, I think she actually spoke about it with her friend, a new little friend. She's like, oh, you've got two mums. She's like, yeah, not face, yeah. And yeah. it was just a nice thing they carried on. And I think hopefully, you know, that's what we get to see more of where kids are just like, oh, yeah, two mums, two dads. Well, yeah. I think k- kids are <clears throat> generally pretty adaptive. It's how we, we it's are, to be It's more what they hear at home, yeah. Yeah. I
2: feel. was attending a small daycare last year, just one day a week, and she was the youngest and the other two girls who she went with on that day were like three and a half. And they came up to her one day and they got really, really up in her face. And Opie is super quiet, was super quiet at his daycare and would not talk sometimes for the whole day just because she just, I think we didn't see at the time, but anyway, these girls were just a bit too bully. And they got right up in her face and they said, do you have a mummy? Do you have a daddy? And just were like repeating it to her over and over and over in her face. And she was like just two years old and she didn't understand and... I think they were old enough to realise the difference but they hadn't been groomed to accept difference. Yeah. And so they saw difference as being bad and they became judgmental. And so what I think normal parents do is they don't educate their children to accept difference from a very young age like as as a same-sex family we really have to groom opie from a young age to be proud to have two mothers and that's a very conscious thing that we have to do every single day every time we go somewhere every book we buy you know every family that we you know have to be consciously socializing Mm. with you know we need need to make sure that there's men in her in her life we have to make sure that there's other same-sex families that she can look to and feel a connection with. Hetero relationships don't do that and it's also I think very rare even when you are in a hetero relationship and you have a, a sister who has a wife like everybody needs to take responsibility to educate their children. There's all different kinds of parents. I think every straight family should have books about Mm, same-sex families in their home. And I did an Instagram post a couple of months ago saying everybody needs to have these books in their home. And I received so many messages from people saying, thank you so much. I've been wanting to introduce this to my home. And I really think... It is the responsibility of a parent to be rec- to be bringing in the point of difference into their children's lives because especially here there's not that much variation. No. Family dynamics. And also, at a young <clears> age,
0: <throat> you they're, like they're asking so many questions, and it's not just about same sex genders and things like that. You need books on darker skin people and lighter skin yeah, people it's because about, they walk yeah. down the street and they go mum why does that person look like that and you don't go oh shh. no they're at an age where they're genuinely asking because yeah. they don't know and it's a perfect time to have these books to say this is this is what it is yeah and when- in
2: the same way that we empower Ophelia consciously to be proud of having two mothers like we should all be empowering our children to be proud of their differences no matter what they mm-hmm. are like mm. it's the same thing that's just our difference Absolutely,
1: yeah. and every family has differences. It's just that maybe yours is more obvious, yeah. And in the past hasn't been as accepted. So, if would you be able to give us those books and we'll pop them in the notes yeah, so that can people cool. can have a look at them? Yeah. So that's one good way also, to educate. There's yeah, also a show on. I've seen it on ABC iView. It's called Stevie Something, and it's two Australian women that are um they're singers, and they sing different songs about all types of things in society one second. but one of them is a song all about the different types of families there are out there and you know there's there's families with two mums or two dads and there's families where the mum goes to work and the dad stays home and there's families where there is only a mum and there's families that are blended families and right. and they're cute little songs that are about all types of you know, including yeah. all types of people. But I was like, that's that's good that there is one show on ABC that isn't the mum, the yeah. dad mm. well, and, the me, the mom and the girl the boy. do you the mum goes to
2: work and the mm. dad stays at home? I love
1: yeah.
0: it, I love it. <laughs> do you have any strategies for parents whose children come out to them?
2: No. <laughs> um, I, Lottie and I have both been really lucky. We were both embraced from our family from the moment that we kind of identified as being um were your parents at all surprised it. yes <laughs> yes well
1: I guess you, <laughs> it, you, you but were not, not in a bad so. way
2: more in a skeptical way like really maybe it's just that person yeah. just mm-hmm. wait just wait yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean I think no I think more than I think in our community or on our radar being I, if opie or if anyone decides to you know discuss with their family that they might be gay or they're exploring that way or they feel different in that way that's totally fine but I also think it's just as relevant for people who feel like or children who feel like or act differently that they might be trans. I think for us that's a real issue that is coming to the surface right now which is really prevalent and a lot of people don't know how to deal with it in young children, in teens, in adults who transition um, later in in life, and we've had some friends who have, and it's been so beautiful um, to see them be more themselves after that transition. Yeah. And I think, in any, if any child was to present themselves as different in any way to their parent or to a friend or to a family member, just to embrace it and not not judge and not even question um, to yourself. Is this is this because of this, or is this a result of this, or will yeah. this change? Just Have to I do done like, something
1: wrong? Just this
2: is who my child is, and yeah. we're going to love them no matter. No yeah, matter and I think are.
1: especially with trans at a young age, because it can be very common that a boy dresses in typical girl dress or a girl wants to dress yeah. But and it could just be a phase but I guess as you say oh. not worrying about whether it is a phase or not and just going with it
0: even Billy, like she she wears the most extreme outfits and I'm like oh yeah girl you just rock that it is she's so mismatched it, but she just loves it <laughs> and I love that she loves it I love that she feels that this is her
2: yeah, you know? exactly. This That's is the her. same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: What can we do as parents to help guide our children to accept and understand different?
2: Probably retrain yourselves first. I think our lives are busy. Sometimes a lot of our behaviour during the day is reactionary, but I think that if you as a parent are allowed to, instead of seeing difference as a point of difference, see difference as something that needs to be nurtured. I think all parents need to be more conscious of how they're going to nurture difference and foster difference in their families. I think in definitely in regards to, you know, identifying that a particular family has two mummies, but also just the concept of difference in general means that if that child ever feels different or ever sees something different, um, they don't see it as difference, they just are accepting Mm. and i think that is where we need what we need to be changing in the next generation because we need to stop identifying and judging and just embracing and loving
1: so do you think if for example poppy was at my my daughter was at daycare with opie do you think it would be more constructive Mm. for me to point out that opie has two mothers or am I better to just generally accept difference in the home and then she won't even really see that as a big issue? I think
2: you'd probably wait until she said something. Yeah. And then you would, re- you know, you would react in a way that was really empowering yeah. to that child. Yeah. And then add something positive. Isn't she so lucky? She has two mamas and all families are different mm. and all people are different. Yeah. I have brown hair, you have blonde hair. Yeah. Don't worry, that's
1: pointed out every
2: day. That that little girl has two mummies and some children have two daddies too.
0: I think another important thing for any family dynamic is to have an open conversation policy where you are able to let these children come in and if they've got something on their mind where they need to express something that you are there to listen to them. I know some families can be quite closed off on things. So, you know, it, it is important for us to remember that, you know, they don't understand half of the stuff that we've we've seen and been through. So yeah. we need to be mindful of... But some things need an explanation. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, you don't have to shut them down. You actually do need to acknowledge that they're genuinely needing to know this information.
2: Yeah. Well, if you create an environment where there's no judgment and when there's no shame and where there's no difference in seeing being a bad thing, then that Mm. child won't ever feel like they're ever going to be on the receiving end of of any of those things. Yeah. And that was what was really beautiful when we started, like when I was pregnant and we started our our birthing journey. Yeah. Um, The hospital system was so incredibly embracing of being a same-sex couple. It was amazing. Oh, that's fabulous. It was so beautiful. Did you have a water birth or anything? Um, We went, I ended up being transferred to Tweed from Byron. Aaron, like two hours before I gave birth. Like, I went through transition in the back of an ambulance. Oh, wow. And she was posterior. Oh. <laughs> and it was drug free. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I how
1: sometimes it's drug free and sometimes it's drug
2: <laughs> I was begging for oh, an I bet you were. But, um, I'm so glad that Lottie stayed true, and um we didn't get one. It was the best birth. It was so good. did you did they did she turn naturally or did no. she come out posterior? Yeah. Yeah. You are
0: a machine.
2: Oh, I birthed flat with my legs laying back behind me on my stomach because her back was like curving the wrong way. So if I bent my back, her back would go yeah, like our spines would yeah. Be. yeah.
1: Are you excited to be the support person in Body's Labour? I wish
2: I could give birth again. Yeah. Um, But I'm definitely excited to to go through that again. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, It was really amazing.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so
2: excited
1: for you. Me too. I think that's so amazing that you can alternate births. God, I wish I could give oh, no, not my the, not I the birth the pregnancy i wish i could give the next pregnancy to not, me either. but then i would yes. love like to do the birth. because
0: i've had horrendous pregnancies and i don't like being pregnant and not that i want to wish my husband a horrible pregnancy i just would love him to genuinely know yeah, how it hard like. it is to do that like have a migraine vomit all the time Make dinners and look after the kids, and just keep going all the time, and then give birth, and be expected to just get up and do things. Not that he expected me to get up and do things, but I think that if they did understand, and genuinely went through the same thing and the pain, you know, he always says, "Ah, oh, yeah, it was really." Do you feel it was like really that pain because
2: too. of the emotional dynamic? between men and women is so different that the communication isn't the same. Yes. Because I feel like even though Lottie didn't go through everything that I went through, her level of empathy is so closely connected to mine that there's photographs from the birth where she you could see that she was feeling everything that I was feeling and I never felt like she didn't understand. Yeah. Let me put it this way.
0: My best friend, she was in the birth suite at the same time as my husband and my sister-in-law and I didn't need to say a thing. She just, when I needed a cup of ice or I needed, it was incredible. She just understood. There's a photo. She actually was spooning me and rubbing parts of my body. Has she given
1: birth before? Yeah, she has.
0: But I feel like we always laugh about this saying if we divorce our husbands, we are going to be a power couple together. Our house would be clean we would be just absolute machines together because you are
2: women think you connect on such a you do it's so different so different such a deeper level it really is far superior. I know far superior. (laughs) (laughs) You imagine how how (laughs) welcome to this I know I'm switching. (laughs) Sorry Mary I love you babe
0: we're out
1: it is it is so it is so interesting that what evolutionarily has happened for us you know to reproduce like women to reproduce yeah. with a man yet yeah, but like on more of like a spiritual emotional level yeah. it does make sense men that we connect with women easier like why hasn't
0: evolutionarily
1: that just happened that like
0: because both men, things happen. men come from mars women come from venus 100 percent because literally we butt heads all the time just because, okay, I'll give you an example. The three socks on the floor and the washing basket. <laughs> Wait, are there dogs involved? Well, I can put one in if you want me to. <laughs> but there's a washing basket and there's three socks and some jocks on the floor. I posted this the other day saying, how hard is it to put fucking clothes in the basket? Like you just put it around. These women came in and they were like, oh, my God, it's photos. My husband does it. My husband does it. My husband does it. And, it is, and I
1: guess it this is, is all it's what their you're mothers. saying. It's their mothers. But it's also, as you were saying, if you don't have those gender roles in the house. so That person man, is responsible yeah, for cleaning
2: it, up their own shit. Yeah, yes. if
1: the man has to do the laundry themselves, they realise, oh, that's freaking annoying. Why didn't I just throw that no, stuff you know half the metre Exactly. Meter but he
2: doesn't understand
0: the mentality. I think it's different. For a woman, you go, this is my closet and this is where I put my things. For him... I might wear that tomorrow and I'm going to put that there because I'll probably wear it the next day and then other stuff will get put in the toilet. Is he
2: in charge of, not in charge, but does he does he have a domain in your house, like the garage or like, I don't know, no. his own car that he just like. He's
0: very into cleaning the kitchen. Like he thinks okay. that he can clean the kitchen and he's a cleaner. But he's... is
2: he responsible for maintaining anything on his own?
0: Oh, yeah, the lawns. He has to mow the and, lawns because there's how, so much how, of
2: it. How, what's his connection with that responsibility? That's he's turning into
0: couples. If, so. I, if, I,
2: if I walk on the grass
0: <laughs> and it's too long, he's going <laughs> to mow it. See,
2: he's so proud about that responsibility of making sure that his space is perfect at all times. Imagine if his space was the whole house. That's right. So oh, if you give him more responsibility.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it. He's going to couple Just it. give him the room. I'll give him start with start small. <gasps> I actually said today because he's looking after Yumi. I said, babe, there's two washing piles, and feel free to fold them and put them away. And no, he, he won't goes, do that because it's
2: yours. <laughs> yeah, babe.
1: So you reckon you start small with one room?
2: Well, I don't know. I've never trained a man ever. before, but and also Lottie's not perfect. I'm loving legs. this. Um, Hang on, does she drop you... socks? No, tidy. But she you drop socks. I never make the bed. That's alright.
1: My husband doesn't wear socks and doesn't own a pair of underwear. Ooh, so this is hello, not a me. We're, We're
2: gonna jack you. him when he comes in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I think if you give make them responsible for something, like the lawns, they there's like a pride and a responsibility for them to maintain that in the same way that you're you have been designated that responsibility for the whole house. So I ask him what fingers. what zone does he want to be responsible for and Gradually and zone. I'm going to give the girls the zone zones. Yeah, girl zones. Yeah, give the girls zones. you are having zones.
0: Everyone's having exactly. zones, and I'm going to end up just having no zone. No,
1: you'll be the O zone. Jade's walking around her house with a clipboard, ticking everyone off on the family meeting. Zones. Get on the couch. <laughs> we got to talk. Yumi, your room was a fucking
0: mess this morning. <laughs> only one, bitch, clean it up.
2: <laughs> but mom, I can't. But, but like they were never given that zone responsibility as a child because their mothers like mm-hmm. and then their, their, their children or their daughters were like taught to mm. make your band get your clothes and then connect with the mother our time together you're going to help me take the washing off the line yeah yes we're going to put it away together yeah. in, and the boys never got that no and that's why he leaves suts on the ground
0: that's right Thank you so much for coming in. This is such a educational
1: podcast. You're going to get abusive messages from Jade's husband. Yeah. What
2: have you done? I have to do stuff. Yeah.
1: But it's actually funny, with the gender role chat my husband does all the cooking and i get messages all the time because we run a cooking instagram saying how lucky i am that he cooks yeah but i you it it sometimes gets on my nerves when people tell me how lucky i am that he cooks because sometimes it makes you feel well like do you know all the other things i do for our family we
2: never say would you mind helping me by doing something to do with the home care or looking after the yeah. child. You're not helping me. We have co-parenting. Yeah, It's more like, could you please? Like, yeah. could you help me just a little bit by doing this? We don't ever. It's not ever a please or sorry, do you mind if I just ask yeah, you to yeah. help me? Because you're co-parenting. This I is... take take respons- equal responsibility. Yeah. And this is
0: so spot on because before I had postnatal depression, I will admit that I took on a lot of roles as a mother. I just happily did everything And then when that third baby came, I realised how impossible that is and also unfair, as much as I loved it, it's even not even good for my partner. Like he should be able to do and share the load with me. And when I um, started to speak to him in a different way, like I used to be like, oh, babe, I can't do this today. Sorry, can you, Can you? I don't know, um, can you get the clothes out of the dryer and put them in or blah, blah, blah. Now I have a different mentality and I feel so much calmer and content saying, you know, you... The dishes need to be done. This needs to happen. This needs to be happened. Yeah, it's like a change
2: in mentality of instead of like apologizing that you're needing them to contribute equally, like there should be an expectation that they contribute equally. And and your
0: relationship dynamic changes too because there's no fight or fart. There's there's a (laughs) (laughs) few (laughs) farts. But there's no argument there because you're not saying, I'm sorry, and putting yourself on the back burner. Mm -hmm. You're simply saying, It's your turn to do this, and they
2: do it. Yeah.
0: You've changed our world. Yeah. You've changed our lives. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> I love it. So We're all going
2: to be lesbians with clean, clean walls. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I'm going to be a queer. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, so, so good. Thank you so much yeah, for coming. Yeah, thank you guys here. so
2: much. And being so thank open you.
1: about your family. And Hopefully I think so. it's something that lots of people will find really interesting. And so. you've probably opened our eyes to, I mean, it is just... It's a different normal and
0: that's awesome. That's right, new normal. Can we have Lottie back when she gives birth? Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date
1: on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye-bye.